bringing to you Every time we turn live, man, you know it's the truth Every after show, move it down, it's the time to move around uh, No gimmicks, podcast is going down Every night, every time in the ring This is the time for no gimmicks, no we doing our thing What's your state of mind, state of mind Moving down a statement when we take the line This is exactly wrestling the state design when you see Stone Cold like me, with the stunner in the world, exactly, man, what we bring. Every night we move like Brock Lesnar, the F5, no gimmicks. We take you to your limit, what's the feeling? Uh, when we live in the air, you know we on, it's the time. Guarantee we move, you know how we respond. The state is mine, the state is mine when we feel it. Moving down, what's the feeling? Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back. To episode 59 of the No Gimmicks podcast here on the DFPN. Special shout out to Monteezy, man. Uh, every time I hear that song now, I'm like, this shit is hard. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Monteezy for the for the intro, no, man. It's, 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 it's banging. Yeah, it does. It bangs. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I, I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. But yeah, shout out to him for that, man. So... Uh, we got a good show for you guys tonight. Tonight we're going to be breaking down the uh, the worst booking decisions in wrestling history. And we got some current news with the sale of shares involving Vince McMahon and TKO. But before we get into all of that, if you are listening to the sounds of our voices right now, join us on the Patreon, patreon.com slash DFPN to get in tune with this show live. And you can follow us. You can come in, come in and comment on the uh, on the topics that we have. So a little is three dollars a month. DFPN Patreon. Also subscribe to the Bandcamp. We got a lot of new music on there. Mark Sox put some new music out. East Smitty just put some new music out, and uh, he did a good interview with Master Ace, who he's going to be uh, doing some some music with, and possibly a tour from what from what that podcast let us know so uh all of that stuff is on the band camp three dollars a month will get you the entire catalog from that filling and of course we got the merch head on over to the teespring search that filling podcast get yourself some merch also uh december 9th mission pro wrestling san antonio texas silver bells three no gimmicks will be in the house. Uh, we did uh, secure a sponsorship. Uh, we'll let them announce that later at a later date, but we we will be a part of that show as a sponsor as well. Um, also, they will be doing a toy drive. So if you're in the area and you are going to the show, make sure you bring some toys. They will be do- donating to the Salvation Army. So if you plan on going to the show, Make sure you go ahead and bring yourself a toy to donate. It is very much worth the cause. So Mission Pro Wrestling, December night, Silver Bells 3. They already announced two great matches. <laughs> so Kylan King is uh she has Izzy on her plate for this for this show. So oh, really? yeah. So that's that's already gonna be a banger. And I know Misty Marks is gonna be there. Uh we interviewed her here on No Gimmicks. She's going to be in attendance, and she's going to be wrestling. I know they announced that match, but I, I can't remember who she's wrestling. So, But she will be there. But as far as I know, that card is going to be fire. So I'm coming. 
I'm going to that show. But let's get into the let's get into the show tonight, man. My co-host, the fabulous one. Actually, he's not the fabulous one anymore. He is D, the chosen one. That's right. <laughs> it's about fucking time, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Frank Frank D is uh, <laughs> Frank D is officially retired. Uh, yeah, he's Frank D's gone, and and I am what remains. So oh. that's that's pretty much what we're that's pretty much what we're doing here. Uh, I want to send a shout out on my own real quick. Go ahead. To uh, to, to uh, a, a guy on YouTube, I follow his content. Uh, his name is Jack Vader. If you don't know who Jack Vader is, go to YouTube.com and look up Jack Vader. Um, him and his son Mando, they be doing uh, videos. They're very much into Star Wars universe, like I am. Mm. And uh, dresses up as Darth Vader and does lightsaber um, videos and all that type of stuff. So I want to send a shout out to Jack Vader. Uh, keep doing your thing, you and Mando. I really appreciate your videos. Um, I-, I watch that shit when I'm at work. So it's, uh, you know, just want to send a little shout out there to them. Nice. Nice. Actually, I, I want to shout you out too, bro. Uh, I see that you have been, you have been putting the content together. And Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're you're starting to you're starting to put out some content. It's it's dope, and I like what you got going on, man. Good shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate that, man. It's just um, just trying to trying new things. Like um, uh, apparently, a lot of people like when I do Star Wars shit, which I yeah didn't think it would be, um, <laughs> especially when you know you you look at you know. Anakin Skywalker happens to be Caucasian, and <laughs> so uh, you know, so when I play Anakin. It's like it, it doesn't. People don't really see color with that. They just want to see, well, can you do the can you do the lines? Can you do the you know do the do the story? So I'm like, well, fuck yeah, I can do it. Yeah. So I so I have it. So I have the I have the the, the wife come in and she has the, the camera. So I'm like, okay, you shoot here, damn it. So. And, and, <laughs> The funny part is, is the blooper, because I'm like, <laughs> so real quick. So I do, I do the scene with uh, Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Uh, scene. Yeah, I saw that one. That was a that was a good one. That was a good one. Well, it, it wasn't too good in the beginning because what happened? <laughs> what happened was is when I first, you know, when the scene goes, you know, he says, um, uh, "Is that what this is about?" You know, back to the beginning. I gave you a choice: live or die. Right. right? So he, then he turns the lightsaber. The lightsaber is red. Well, I, I, I don't know what the hell is going on, but like my lightsaber would, I, I would turn the saber on and the motherfucker would be pink or I, w- I would turn it on and like, I'm like, God damn it, dude. Like, so it, it's just so much shit that goes in this. And then, it like, does. I, yeah, and then it when is. I do the rogue one thing, I got to make sure my, you know, I'm like, okay. And then last night we were doing some stuff and I was doing Vader. And um, something, I don't know, something wasn't right. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what it is. So I'm like, you know, let me do a hybrid, uh, a hybrid, I should say, a hybrid Vader, which basically I have the chest box on and the belt, right? And I have the helmet mm-hmm. on, but I don't have on the full suit. I just have this tunic robe, kind of like uh, uh, Lord of the Rings kind of shit, or, you know. Is that what that was? Because I saw that too. And now I kind of wondered how you got there. But yeah, that, yeah, it's dope. Yeah, and I'm like, let me, and I, so I did two takes. One of them, 
one of the takes didn't make it to the the final cut. The other, I was like, let me do something different here, basically, where I am I'm Vader, mm-hmm. but I don't have the I don't have the helmet on. I'm me myself right. as Vader, as right. if I'm Vader, but I don't have. It's like I'm a dark. I'm a Sith. But right. I don't have to have the Vader helmet on because first of all, that, that damn thing is hot and heavy. So <laughs> that's what it was. So I'm like, let me let me try it this way. So I went in there and I did this shit, and then I had to tune the the hood over my head. And then I took the hood off, and then I'm basically acting like I'm trying to convince Obi Wan to turn to the dark side, you know. And that's what I'm doing. So it's just the lighting, and I got the music going. The song that's playing in the background of everybody saw that video. The song that's playing in the background is actually called "Enter Lord Vader." Is what it's called. Mm. So everything I do is meticulous and very detailed, and um, I have to try to find a story that I'm going for in order to shoot it. And they're all just short videos. I'm just you know trying to find my footing and, and doing what I'm doing. That's cool. Yeah, one That's of the cool. one of the actual enjoyments I get out of life. <laughs> hey man, if it makes you happy, do that shit, bro. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> As long as you happy, man. No, let me say it right quick. Let me say it real quick. So <laughs> last night she's so last night the wife's on the phone with her her sister. They're on the uh they're doing a a, a video phone call, right? Uh uh-huh. so I just happened to be and I and I'm like, we had just got done shooting shit, right? So I'm still wearing the uh I had on my Vader tunic and I had on my Vader like my, my uh outer cape that Vader wears. So I'm just and, you know, and I got my hair down or whatever. So mm-hmm. I, I walk behind the couch or whatever and I'm like saying what's up to her sister and her sister's like why the hell is 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 D dressed like a priest? <laughs> <laughs> so like, oh my! Like, hey. I said, yeah, maybe a dark priest. You know what I'm saying? So shit. <laughs> so it's like we just, it's like yeah, it's like before this conversation, we just got done doing uh his uh cosplay shit he's like this, uh, star wars cosplay videos and shit so like it's it just funny so like what are you dressed like a priest like, <laughs> what are you okay. doing all right exactly what the hell y'all going on there yeah <laughs> do i need to hang up right now <laughs> nah he just he, he's good <laughs> right oh that's funny as shit yeah hell yeah <laughs> Oh shit! All right, man. Let's get into this show. Uh, topic number one. Yeah. Uh, it was announced. Well, it wasn't really announced. It was re- reported because TKO hasn't made the official announcement yet that Vince McMahon sold eight million of his shares to TKO for a total of six hundred forty-one million dollars. That is a large profit <laughs> of yeah. money. Right. Also, um, I'm pretty sure that takes him out of the majority stake of ownership and it puts him kind of in the minority. And with all the news that was going on, it's hard for me to envision the scenario where Vince McMahon stays around as a part of TKO. It just it just it doesn't look good. <laughs> if 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 you were being incredibly honest and blunt, which we we do here on the No Gimmicks podcast, it does not look like Vince McMahon is thrilled to be a part of TKO anymore as he was when he when they first started announcing this deal and he doesn't seem like that guy anymore. He seems like 
the mission was complete. It's time for me to take the steps to get out of here. <laughs> That's what it seems like. The sale is complete for him. He's made his money. I don't think we see Vince around. And I was, you know, we, we, we talk about this all the time. We talk about it, you know, offline a lot too. Like right. Vince McMahon's motivations. Because Vince has a motivation and a motive for everything he does. Right. So I'm kind of wondering at this point, is it either they're trying to force him out, but forcing him out is this guy is making a shit ton of money forcing him out. Right. But on top of that, you know, we've talked about this before as well. There is nobody in this business that knows more about this business and the inner workings of how this thing works than Vince McMahon. Correct. And that includes Triple H. That includes anybody who currently works for WWE. <clears throat> They're not Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is the reason why all this exists to begin with. Okay. Right. Now, Vince is doing the smart thing. If he doesn't like the current situation, the current climate or something, he's doing the smart thing. And that's basically, I'm going to sell all my shares and get out. You know, right. when the AOL Time Warner merger happened in 2000 and 2001, remember, Ted Turner was forced out pretty much. He had Correct. no power. He was just a figurehead there and basically lost a pretty good sizable amount of his income due right. to that merger. Right. He lost all he lost all the assets that he had um when, when he initially merged with uh Time Warner, which included World Championship Wrestling and the Atlanta Hawks and the Atlanta Braves and all that shit. You know, he basically right. lost all that. So Vince McMahon, on the other hand, is being smart about it. If I don't want to be a part of something, I'm gonna make my money. So sell eight million shares, get six hundred million dollars. It's a, it's perfect for him. It works. It works out. And I yep. think a lot of it too is I think maybe Vince McMahon knows something that the rest of us don't don't know and are not seeing at the moment. Because, like I said, the the company, um, listen, people can say all the time that oh well the company's you know they're they're doing record profits and yada yada yada. Okay, well, um, Lachlan Murdoch from Fox sees it differently than what WWE sees, and right, he was right. and, and, and the the Murdochs. And Fox were told the WWE would be drawing a certain number, and they didn't meet that number. And I guess you know they have very you know strict guidelines to be a part of Fox, and as far as advertising goes. And basically, what he said was too much money going out, not enough money coming in. It's pretty much what it was. It's not worth the risk. It's not worth the risk. Yep. So what does WWE do? Well, they can go back to one of their their familiar partners, which is the USA Network, and bring SmackDown back. To me. People can look at it a different way. No gimmicks. We tell it like it is, and it's just my opinion. I think it's an L because I share that opinion. You're you're going to you're going back to the USA Network. Yeah, you might be getting a, a bigger a bigger bag, but you're not going to get a bigger bag than what Fox could offer you because Fox has more exposure. Fox has more penetration. It's a broadcast network as opposed to a cable network. Yep. So that's an L to me, and and it's really an L because of all the the great things that people were saying about the bloodline storyline and how he was carrying SmackDown. And obviously it wasn't carrying it good enough because once again, when we talk about numbers here, okay, apparently numbers mean something to, to networks. And so does advertisers because that's how they make their, their income. And yeah. WWE just wasn't putting it out. You know, I mean, look at where SmackDown has come, bro. SmackDown used to draw five, four threes in the ratings. And now they do like what, two and a half million every week. That's, that's yeah. their, 
that's a hardcore number that's going to watch that show. Same thing right. with Money Night Raw. Money Night Raw, back in the day, used to get sixes, fives, fours, threes. Now we're down to getting, you know, what, 1.4 million viewers a week, something like that. That's where we're at. We're doing basically TNA numbers when they were on Spike TV on Thursday. That's kind of where we're at. Yeah. So tell me, ladies and gentlemen, once again, where are all the wrestling fans? Where are they at? Wrestling, where, I mean, AEW Dynamite does consistently 800,000, 900,000 people. That's your hardcores that are going to watch the show no matter what. You have your hardcore Raw audience that's going to watch no matter what, and you have your hardcore SmackDown audience that's going to watch no matter what. Those people don't matter. You need the casuals to come out and watch the show because the casuals, they're not going to be hardcore and familiarized with the show, but they may be like, oh, shit, I got to watch this, and then I will buy tickets to the, the arena, or I'm going to buy the advertisements that I see that come across my TV screen, or I'm going to buy you know, uh, the merchandise. Now, that's how you grow the business. You can't grow the business by saying, oh, we're tiny. We have all these views on YouTube and yada, yada, yada. That doesn't mean shit because it damn sure didn't mean shit to Fox. True. True. And we talked about this too, like how big a L that was for for them to actually not be interested in, in getting them. That was a huge L. Huge L. And you don't know... For for all intents and purposes, it looks good. And WWE, they they are very good at spinning this shit. Oh hell <laughs> like, yeah, they oh, are yeah. they are excellent at spinning it because they made SmackDown going to USA seem like a very huge move, and their audience was actually happy about it. But financially and, and a business move, it's like, why would you give up your biggest bag? That does not seem logical. It actually seems like a pretty terrible move, business-wise. It's a terrible move, and then it's like, okay, so here's where you got to look at this like this, too. Like, so you have SmackDown going to USA. Yep. You have have NXT going to the CW. Yep. Raw right now does not have a home. Exactly. What, What is going on here? Like, Raw is, was the flagship show for WWE and it's it's I mean, search for a home. It, yeah. So what's going on here? Basically like, why can't they make a deal for raw? And they're that's, talking maybe that's even crazier. Right. No, it's, it's insane. Yeah. It's crazy. That's the craziest part of it. Yeah. It's like, okay, you, we can, we'll take SmackDown. It's almost like USA is saying we'll take SmackDown because SmackDown's your, it's, Let's be honest. It's your highest rated show. It's the show that that all eyes are on. People don't even pay attention to Raw. USA is saying this, and they have Raw. That's exactly what they're saying. They're we'll saying take it, SmackDown. They're, not, they're saying it, but they're not saying it. Like Exactly. They're, they're saying it, but they're also being like, well, you know what? Um, maybe Monday Night Raw is kind of passe at, at this point. It's just... right. You know, and that's why that's why you know Endeavor has come in and says, well, maybe we don't have to have Raw on Mondays. Maybe we can move Raw to Tuesdays or Wednesdays or something. Like that. It doesn't have to be Monday nights wrestling night anymore. Exactly. Because, bro, it's it's, it's competing. It's it's competing, but at the same time, it's basically showing you just the basically the the devaluation of the of the show. Just like it's not it's true. It's not there anymore. Like it's no, there's there's nothing no. special anymore 
about no. Raw. There's nothing really special anymore about SmackDown. Those days are gone. Raw, and people can say whatever they want, bro, but you lived it and I lived it. The most exciting times for Monday Night, Monday Night Raw is when it was going head-to-head against Nitro. Yes, that's, that's it. That's yep. what brought people to the dance because, and, I, and how I know this, is you go look at the ratings numbers. Go back and look at the rating numbers for, for Monday Night Raw, 1993 when it debuted, January 1993, up until September 95 when WCW but, came along. That's, that, speaks to, that speaks to the product overall nowadays, right? right? Because back then, and, and this is just the truth, wrestling is not pop culture anymore. Wrestling back then was, was pop culture. It was everywhere. Because yep. you had stars, you had stars like like The Rock, who could cross over and do the Saturday Night Lives, do an album with Wyclef John, and make that shit pop. Like he he had crossover appeal everywhere. Well, we, we go don't... back before that though. But let's, yeah, let's, even Hulk Hogan. I, I get what you I get back. What, I get what you're saying. But let's go back before that. Let's yep. go back to let's go back to the WWF days during those days when when you had. Uh, you know, wrestlers that would appear on Arsenio Hall. Right. You, know, you had Warrior on there. You had Macho Man. Macho and, Man. Yeah. Several times. You had yeah. um, the, the the Twin Towers with, with Slick were on, were on the show. Bad yeah. News Allen was on the show. Ravish Rick Rude and Bobby Heenan were on one episode. Then you had, you know, Regis and Kathy Lee. Yeah. When wrestlers would go over there, you know. Even it though, was you big know, later, time. Later on, you, you find out Kathy Lee didn't really like the wrestlers being on the show, but whatever. <laughs> um you know, it was it was it was big time. Cross, you know, your biggest star is Hogan, Macho Man, uh, right. Bret Hart. You know, Bret Hart was on uh, Lonesome Dove back in the day. There mm-hmm. was a big crossover. Lex Luger, all these different people. There were they they were bigger, larger than life characters. There are no larger than life characters anymore in this business. There are none. So you look at it like, oh yeah, WWE. Yeah, okay, that's pretty much what you get now. Because it's right. like it's it's like people say the old airport thing. If you're walking through the airport, are people going to recognize you? Yeah, they're going to recognize you. It's going to be the eBay scalpers who are going to watch your autograph so they can put that shit up there. Right. That's what it is. Right. But you and you, but you'll you'll maybe get a casual here and there that still watches and be like, oh, hey, you can I can I get an autograph with you? Can I get a picture with you? You feel me? But right. majority of your hardcore fans now, they're going to the conventions to meet these people. Are you're saying outside a hotel room? hoping to get a glimpse, but you're a hardcore fan. You watch every week. Where are where are the all the people at that used to watch? Where right. are the all these wrestling fans that on a Monday night you would have seven, eight million people watching wrestling? Correct. You don't have that anymore. Right. And people say, well, why is that? Well it's basically it's a change of the times. It's like there are no big stars anymore in the business, as you pointed out. The Rock. There are no more Rocks. There are no more Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right, right. There are no more Hogan's. There's no more Savages, Bret Hart's. You know the NWO. All the cool factors. All the cool shit is gone. Yeah. What you have now is what you have. There ain't no cream of the crop. It's what you have, and that's right. not knocking. That ain't knocking anybody. No, it's not knocking anybody. That's, that's telling the truth. It's a fact, though. I, I've been watching this shit since I was a kid. I've seen it. It is all. a fact. Seen there, it and it's hard to say that there ever will be again. It, it really is because now you have things like social media and, and you know, it wasn't like that back then. Like, your chance to see people was your chance to see people. And we we won't go back to that again. Like, the 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 joy 
of being in the house at 757 is gone, bro. Like that shit is yeah, it's, it's a distant of, memory. The joy of being in the house at you know on the West Coast, Cali, at four fifty five when right. Nitro would, would come on. You know, the anticipation for Monday night wrestling. Like yeah, I have to watch it's Raw. gone. I gotta it's watch gone. Nitro. Or bro. even even the conversation because the conversation now is so instant because we have social media, but like the 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 classroom chatter, I like to call it. Like if you seen if you seen some fire on Monday night, you couldn't fucking wait to go to school <laughs> and talk about this shit on yeah. Tuesday. You couldn't but, wait. Yeah, like, it's like if you if you if on that Sunday, if you saw a pay per view on that Sunday, right. damn, I can't wait to get to school Monday. Oh like, my oh, god, hey, did you see bro! The show last yeah, night? <laughs> yeah. You don't have that now. I can't wait to watch Raw. Are you? Can I come to your house and watch Raw? Like, y'all want to watch this shit together? Like, that shit's gone, bro. Like, those days yeah. are done. Yeah. It's done. I'll tell you how seriously we took it. When I was in when I was in uh, in high school, shit, we, we you know, that, around that time, we had the black and white and the wolf pack. So, mm-hmm. shit, we some of us come to school with our black and white shirts on, other friends come to school with our red and black shirts on, and we, we get it on. And yeah. people think, oh, my God, it's right. No, it's not. We're, we're playing wrestling. So. So black and white yeah, no, we used to do that shit too. Yeah, <laughs> we used to do that too. But it's like, funny because, and it, and it goes to show real quick. It goes to show you when you look at the the, the merchandise being sold right now, the top ten of merchandise, bro. Half yeah. of it is from our it, our teens. Yeah, the NWO, <laughs> the NWO is still there. Yeah, as a hot merchandise item. Yep. Stone Cold Steve Austin is there as a hot merchandise item. Yep. Those were two pinnacle points of the Money Night War. Azure, they're still top today with merchandise. That's the most recognizable. NWO is probably NWO outside of Hulkamania is probably the most recognizable logo in the business. Like still to this day. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. We no gimmicks podcast. You're seeing it right here. It's it's you go for the cool factor. You go for what works, and And it still works. It still works. You can pop. You want to pop the numbers? WWE, bring this shit back. Yep. Bring it back. You will. Yep. You will pop a number. You'll. You'll. Oh, pe- people will be talking. They ain't gonna be talking about that. I'm sorry. They ain't gonna be talking about the LWO. You bring. Uh, no. you, bring you bring the NWO back, and, and the NWO will run roughshod over them like they did in the, w, in the WCW. This is what would happen. Yep. Absolutely. But in saying that, sir. The biggest L of the year has to go to Billy Corgan in the NWA still. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Yeah. <laughs> Hands down. And Bro, with all that would go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say with everything going on, like you had like the advantageous position. You had the most advantageous position. And you let that shit slip between your fingers. That is the most asinine thing I've ever seen, bro. Like, sir, and we talked about this in the last No Gimmicks. You know, when we, we yeah. covered, last week we covered the, the 1996 Survivor Series, which is available right now in the archives and on Spotify. Yep. And everybody else, you listen to a, a podcast, check it out right now. Um, it's just crazy to me. And then, you know, to further, to further elaborate on this, more information has come out about uh, Tony Khan talking to the CW last year at one point yeah um, possibly uh pitched ring of honor to them and i think they might have been interested in picking up ring of honor and he i think they still might be 
But the, I, I the thing was keep, keep it on the umbrella. Well, yeah. He might that, be, he, I, I think ahead. he might have pulled the trigger. I think he might have did that if he had a deal in place for 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 the rest of AEW. If he had a deal for the rest of for the rest of his other shit, I think he might have pulled the trigger and it would have made sense. Yeah. It absolutely would have made sense for them to go to CW. Yeah, people are saying right now too that that Tony Khan actually made an error in in, in not pursuing that because Ring I of believe Honor, he did. Uh, I believe Ring of he Honor did. is his own thing. Yeah, Ring, Ring of Honor right now is is pretty much you know piggybacking off of AEW, and at the right. same time it's like you know we, I'm posting in our our Facebook group the other day about what Conan had to say about you know Ring of Honor, and I tend to agree with Conan. It's it's a nice wrestling company for a niche audience that likes that style of wrestling. But in reality, look, here's the thing. A, uh, Ring of Honor and TNA started around the same time. Mm. And TNA surpassed Ring of Honor in every kind of way. They did. TNA I would the, I would agree with you there. They 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 had the bigger budget. They had the uh, they had the bigger networks or whatever. And the only thing that they had in common was they at one point both had financial issues and they were picked up by another conglomerate. One, yeah. you know, Ring of Honor picked up by Tony Khan. Then you have TNA picked up by Anthem. That's the only thing they have in common. But you put into the majority of history and what people remember about this business, what I remember about this business, I'm always going to go back to TNA because TNA was putting out banger after banger after banger. They were doing it, and they were, you know, that exhibition, the exhibition matches they were doing, uh, a lot of Ring of Honor guys were going to TNA mm-hmm. at the time. You know, that's yep. how Samoa Joe came over. You know, the Samoa yep. Joes. Um, the Young Bucks, when they were Generation Me, came over to TNA. You yep. had a lot of people that came through TNAs. I mean, when you talk about video libraries, right, we have that conversation. Extensive. Which 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 video library is is worth more in value? Is it the Ring of Honor library or TNA? It's the fucking TNA hands down. It is a TNA video library. You have so many stars that have come through TNA that work for AEW now. They work for WWE. That's why WWE wanted the library at one point. Yep. They wanted it. You know they they didn't. I don't. I don't know. I might be wrong. I don't think they ever went after the Ring of Honor's library because I think Ring of Honor was still in business. That's I don't think they did. I don't no, think they, they did. No. They went after TNA. I know for sure they, they went after yeah. them. They wanted that library, but TNA was smart to hold on to it, and you could go and watch all that stuff. Because like I said, man, like when people talk about TNA, bro, TNA has some. TNA had like some some classic shit. <laughs> they they really did. You know, I'm going to tell you, Vince Russo, I think it was Vince Russo, said the other day, and I kind of tend to agree with this. Uh, Russo said that the the main event mafia was a better faction than the bloodline. And I kind of technically tend to kind of agree with that. I, ooh, oh. (laughs) Yeah, And 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 I thought about it for a minute and just think about everything we've seen. Oh, and that's I'm a, like that's they, a tough. That's a tough you statement. Gotta, you gotta watch. You gotta go back and watch that that Man of the Mafia shit. Because uh, that's, a, that's a tough one. 
That is the tough I, one. I, I think he's what he's looking at is just the sheer amount of star power you had in the mafia. Yeah, you did. You did. But, God, oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Let me think about it. They fumbled the ball with the bloodline. They did. They did. They fumbled now, it. if you'd have told me aces and eights is better than bloodline, hands down. No. No. Not at all. You don't think aces? I think aces and eights was a better story than the bloodline. Absolutely not. No. And I'm, so I'm you're saying you main event mafia is a better story than the bloodline. The bloodline story peaked. I think. I think. The rumble. Ah, uh, yeah. You're that's true. where it peaked. That's, that's a fact. That's a it fact. peaked at the rumble. Everything else that came after it was just whatever. It was all that, that is a fact. Okay. That's, well, that's, that's well. Kinda... Let's go. Let's let let me say it. It peaked. When was Sami Zayn versus Roman? That's when that it was peaked. in February. That's when it peaked. I agree. Because that match, that match has so much hype around it. They waited too long for the J turn, yeah, and, and all that. I mean, I know the story they were trying, they were trying to trying to milk it out or whatever. So, to me personally, just because I saw it all, I've seen it all, and when I look back at the main event mafia, it's just it was just so entertaining, bro, and it just wasn't. Yeah, it was. It's just and everybody and it's like okay, one week Roman's there, and it's like because they have to keep this thing going. When Roman wasn't there, and it's just when Roman wasn't there, it just wasn't interesting. To be honest, it wasn't. Yeah, but that that's true. But that also speaks to the strength of Roman, for the fact that you can't get people tuning in, and he ain't even there. But people are still invested in the storyline. People were invested. And in the storyline, to see him lose, to see him get his ass, to get him his ass whooped. That's why people were invested in the storyline. Roman is is. Um, I think I think now, and I think I think Roman may actually be hurt or or healing, which is why he hasn't been really been around that much. But I think, for all intents and purposes. That story, once him and Jay in that tribal combat match, that match took me out of it. Yep, that match took me completely out of it. It took and it took me out of it too. And I, and the reason why is because number one, there was supposed to be no interference from right any of the members. Right, that number match two, it, just, it it wasn't it. It wasn't Jimmy it. Jimmy's betrayal. Yeah. Uh yeah, it was so me. it was so much like what? Yeah, this <laughs> is like, so stupid. You what? The, the entire time you're trying to convince him to leave the group, right? You like y'all just first. did this whole angle, like yep. you out and I'm out too, and then now he's betraying them, and it's like, yeah, that's stop. See, they had back. they had so 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 real quick in the blood in the main event mafia angle, they had some sort of similar situations going on. Right, but it was involving Sting and Kurt Angle, because even though they were the mafia, they were the family. Mm-hmm. It all became about, well, I want to be the world heavyweight champion, and some of the stuff Sting necessary. Because see, this is, people got people got to remember something about the the main event mafia. This was about this was probably the second or third time in his career Sting had been a heel. Mm-hmm. So 
they were telling that story. Like, Sting was cool with some of this shit, but he ain't cool with all of this shit. So it became right. a problem within the Mafia. Because they wanted to be, the, the Mafia wanted to be ruthless. In the Mafia, you had Kevin Nash, you had Booker T, you had right. Scott Steiner, you had Angle, you had Sting. So you had you had a core group of people here that were world heavyweight champions. Oh, uh, yeah. Biggest stars. That's what big they did. A, a big group like this. And I'm not the biggest Booker T fan, but Booker T shit at that time when he was doing yeah, the, the, the legend champion, the, the, the African accent and all that, oh, it was it was funny, hilarious shit. But they were telling that story. And that story was eventually the mafia is going to turn on Sting because Sting just, Sting ain't ruthless. He's too he good of a guy. Exactly. So that's where they were going to. Mind. I hate that you're changing my mind. I yeah, really it's, it's good it. shit, bro. <laughs> it's like I can I can pinpoint pinpoint that right. All that stuff that was going on with the the mafia, and then they had that um that that empty arena match with Kurt and Sting. Yeah. Um. God damn it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now you look at the weak factor of, of that storyline. It was it was um it was the the TNA. Originals or whatever they were called, the the yeah. you know, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, yep. he's got to send them to the mafia. That's you know that's kind of where it goes. But if you look back at this storyline here with the, the bloodlines, like okay, what's what's what stands out, right? Okay, Sami Zayn finally turning on Roman, but then yep. everybody gets destroyed by Roman. That's the problem. At least with the mafia, they put some people over in the mafia. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then on top of that, Eric Young at around this time, Eric Young turned heel in TNA as well. He had a, his own faction, Royal Elite, and then Royal Elite and the Mafia kind of joined forces to form this super group to to combat the TNA guys. So it's just it was just so much like I, I got to go with Russo on that one, man. It's like it's just the Mafia over here. Yeah. Only time I don't I, know. I always I'm think the Mafia still on the fence, but. Well, here's the thing. Makes the only some thing, good points. The only thing about the mafia that didn't make any sense was when is when Samoa Joe joined the mafia. Yeah, because why? Yeah, it's like you had been fighting yeah. the mafia. They took you out, and then you come back as uh, the nation of violence, and then you join the mafia. So that didn't make any sense to me at the time. Yeah, you know. Then you know Taz joined the mafia. So it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, listen, people. Don't take my word for it. If you go on to the, the Impact Wrestling TNA YouTube channel. Yeah, go watch this shit. They have a whole thing, breakdown of the, the main event mafia from start to finish. They have it yep. up there. And I yep. watched go the watch thing, it. just like I watched the Bloodline story from start to finish. And the Bloodline story from start to finish was basically Roman trying to manipulate Jay and Usos and joining him and creating this super faction that in reality, they put nobody over. That's just what it is. Hmm. Strong statement. Just it's no different than the NWO. The NWO didn't put anybody over either. They barely put anybody over. I mean, the only person that the NWO, if you look at the NWO era, the only person that was made really during that time was Diamond Dallas Page and Goldberg. Those was the only two. Hey, I was about to say Goldberg. Yeah, you you'd be right about that. Yep. Diamond and Goldberg. Goldberg more. Ooh, that's that's a hard statement to say. Who got over more? Because Goldberg, they built up and they were neck and neck. But yeah, it was neck the and problem, neck. the problem with Page for some reason is when Diamond Dallas Page became the world champion at Spring Stampede '99 in April that year, 
um, at the Tacoma Dome in Tacoma, Washington. He became a champion in that fatal four-way match with Macho Man was referee. For some reason, the fans kind of turned on DDP. Yeah. Um, like after, and it was crazy. After he became the world champion, they turned on him. And I don't understand that. That's when it happened. They turned on him. And that's when DDP turned heel. And that's when he joined up with Kane and Bigelow. And they were the, the Jersey Triad. I actually liked that faction. Oh, I did too. I did too. That was a cool faction. I'm not yeah. going to lie. See, that's the thing about No Gimmicks, man. You get, you come on here and you listen to No Gimmicks and you get a history lesson, bro. I go detail. Yeah. I go into shit. Tell you, I tell you everything in public. <laughs> oh, shit. Good shit, though, man. Let's yeah. let's get into it. Let's get into the meat and potatoes. Exactly let's, why let's, we're here. Why we're here. Uh, so I had a top 10. Do you have a top 10? Do I don't. Wanna, I'm just going to I'm going to go. You're going to rattle them off. Yep. You're going to rattle them off. All right. Yep. I have a top 10. Good. So I'll start them off. So <laughs> the worst booking decision in pro wrestling history. I have a top 10 of them. Uh, I'm going to start at number 10. <laughs> My number 10 was ending Goldberg Street. Ah, yes. <laughs> yes. That man, and we just talked about him. That man was built up as a monster, bro. Yep. It like for for the people now, and we this 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 show is coming full circle to number 10, but you really had to see this shit as it was happening. Yep. Because it came out of nowhere. Like he beat Hugh Morris's first match. Yep. And like they made such a big deal out of it that it was like, okay, who is this guy? Like, I don't know who he is, but I got to pay attention. By number 10, by 50, he was monster, bro. <laughs> like, he was a monster. And it was just like, no way he's going to get to 100. Oh, fuck, he got to 100. And it's like, no way he's going to run through the NW NWO. No way they're going to make him beat Hogan. He beat Hogan. Yeah. All of this to say. <laughs> he gets <laughs> in the ring. <laughs> yeah. He gets in the ring. He gets tased. The man, like you could have went another two years with this man just being dominant because his matches weren't that long. It, it really wasn't long matches at all. Like it was come in. Can you take the spear? Nope. Get him the fuck out of here. Next. Yeah. And, and it people, worked. And, and people, you really honestly, if you have the WWE Network or Peacock, whatever, you really need to go back and watch this stuff. Man. Go back and just, it's like, sorry, but I just said, you had to have been there at the time to realize the, the phenomenon of Goldberg. It's yep. in WCW. Yep. And, you know, you hear stories now. People talk about, well, you know, they were piping in the cheers. Or that doesn't matter. I'm looking Don't at matter. the crowd and how the crowd would erupt. Now, let me tell you some of the things that hurt Goldberg in the long run. So, the fact you just brought up right there, he didn't have long matches. Exactly. Exactly. That hurt. That kind of hurt him because when you when you don't have very long matches, you get into a, a match with someone who's structured, like a Diamond Dallas Page, or a Bret the Hitman Hart. 
it's going to show. Right. But he was able to do some. I'm not minus Redheart. He was able to do some some good stuff out there because he would take direction from the person he's in the ring with, and that's one thing about DDP. DDP was like Randy Savage, very meticulous in in his his matches and laying them out. You're like you, we go do bang, 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 bang. You follow this, it's gonna come out. And it's gonna be a great story, and I I still say to this day, and I and I agree with you that his best match probably is gonna be Diamond Dallas Page, how we have it ninety eight. That's yep. gonna probably be. At the top now, when you talk about what we're talking about, which is the Star K ninety eight match with Kevin Nash, in which they blew the streak. Yeah, I, I could see you saying that and and, and all that, but here here's where it, it here here's the scenario. So the match ending would have worked if it had not been for all the interference. If yeah. it had just been Goldberg beating Kevin Nash down and Nash goes down, the ref gets distracted. Then Scott Hall comes in and hits him with the taser. Okay, that's worked. more sufficient. Yep. You, you take, you eliminate Diamond Dallas Page and you eliminate Bam Bam Bigelow. Scott Hall hits him with the taser. That would make more sense for what was to come, which was the finger poke of doom. It makes more sense doing it that way. Because what you're doing is basically if a power bomb can't stop this guy on his own, I, I need some help here. And it, and it would tell the story of just how devious and evil a character in Kevin Nash is. Right. That he would stoop to, because Nash is out here. Nash never officially, he was a he was a babyface, but he never officially turned babyface. It's just people started liking the Wolfpack. So you went with it, and then you aligned him with Sting. You aligned him with Alex Luger, Conan, whatever. But it just shows you, oh, damn, the Outsiders really, you know, they were working together the whole time. Because right. Scott Hall came out and tased Goldberg with that with that taser, the counterprod. That would, would go into what they got going on here, and it would make more perfect sense. Because then you go back to the video and say, oh, we had collusion all the time. What was the main focus of, of, of us splitting in the beginning with? It's because Hollywood lost the belt, and we had, WCW was getting too strong. So I had to take two of their guys, and put it with me, Sting and Luger. That took away some of the momentum from WCW. Then you go into, okay, Luger is really down with Nash, because look what happened in Georgia, and at the, the Georgia Dome. It would have told a better story of why the Wolfpack got together, and, and the elite. And, and another thing that would have I would have done, too, instead of having them basically, you know, one size Wolfpack, there's black and white, I would have just had it basically do really called with the NWO elite red on one side, black and white on the other side. That's the logo. That's what I would have yep. done. Yep. That, that's what I would have did. Would have made sense. Yeah. Would have made more sense. Yeah. But as it stands, Goldberg Street <laughs> coming to an end is that my number 10. That, yep. that's, I, I, I agree. <laughs> that's my number 10. Copy that. My number nine kind of follows the same vein. Uh, Nexus losing oh. to John Cena. SummerSlam 2010. Yep. <laughs> Good grief. Another case of these guys were white hot. The the way they got introduced was something that we had never seen. They not came, since the NWO days. Not since the NWO days. We hadn't seen it. Yeah. They came in and re havoc 
and it was awesome. It was awesome. It was must-see. It was must-see TV. We had finally got back to that point. All for John Cena. <laughs> yeah. You fed him to Cena, bro. That was that was the wrong move. Now, Cena has been on the record of saying that he is not the type to uh how did he say it? And I, I don't wanna I don't wanna make it seem like he said he buried him because he didn't say that. He said he's not the type to like you like the rub off of him and it makes you a bigger star, right? He's the type you get in there with him, like he'll give you the rub, but it's on you to to keep the magic going. Okay, so I, I get that part, but right. let's go back Still. a little bit. Let's let's go back a little bit. So it came out later on after this that Cena came up with the idea to beat Nexus in that match. Chris Jericho and Edge told him that this was a bad idea. This, this is a terrible this, idea. This is a terrible idea. Cena, mind you, Edge... Jericho been in the business a little bit longer than Cena. Told him this was a bad idea. Yep. Uh, we should be putting him over strong. Cena didn't listen to it. After the match happened, and I mean, I, and I mind you, people, John Cena took a DDT on concrete floor at the Staples Center. Wade Barrett DDT him, I believe it was Wade Barrett the yep. DDT, or Justin Gabriel. One of the two. And he came back from that and beat them decisively. One, <laughs> two, three. That was the end of Nexus. Oh, yeah. Nexus never recovered from that. Nope. It was done. It was done. It was a done deal. It like immediately, it was done. Immediately, it was over. And after it was done, John Cena came back and says, That was a bad idea. Terrible. It was, it was a terrible he, idea. He admitted it was it was terrible because it did nothing. It benefited no one except John Cena, and it didn't even really benefit him. And then we got some of the worst TV after that. John Cena joins the <laughs> Nexus. Uh, it's just like, bro, we have to do a, a, a whole show one day about this. <laughs> just bad factions and missed opportunities because that yep. was one of them. Nexus that was one of them. Could have, Nexus could have been hot. That logo could have been something, you know, we talk about. And I'm like, brother, I have a Nexus t-shirt. And I got a yep. Nexus armband. Uh, the armband is hanging right there. And the damn t-shirt is in the closet somewhere buried. <laughs> yep. And it's it's like, they, it's it's a what if. What if they would have won that match? Because Cena is, he was the top guy. Like, what if they come out of that match victorious? What happens? What happens is we come out of that match victorious. We, the Nexus, we have some demands because we beat you guys at SummerSlam WWE. Yep. So we have some demands here. And one of the demands is, I, Wade Barrett, I want a shot for the WWE Championship. And he wins the WWE Championship. Further puts over 
the Nexus. Then later on, CM Punk enters the situation. Yeah. Because then you have CM Punk joins the Nexus. And then there's an issue between Wade Barrett and CM Punk. And the Nexus chooses Punk over Barrett. And then everything else happens the way it does. Heath Slater and, and, and Justin Gabriel, they don't like CM Punk's antics that he's doing. They leave. They go join Barrett on SmackDown, and the core is more. Yep. That's what I would have done. And if people, you don't remember the core, the core has some, they had some badass scene music. They actually did. Yeah. They actually did. Oh, hell and yeah. it was, it was almost like I wanted them to succeed because of that shit. <laughs> you know, a lot of people, a lot of people like to, to like dismiss the core. I love the core. No, I love them. I, I love them. I was a big, I was a big Wade Barrett fan. Me too. So I love the core. I, I actually, I Wade Barrett is also I'm another rated. one of those man. What, yeah, what yeah. if, man? What if? But highly underrated. Absolutely. They, I think I wish he would have got more of a look. Yep. Because the way he, he, yeah, the way he got over the bad news was just like, damn. Well, damn, this motherfucker is actually, he's actually really good. I just think that people couldn't take him seriously. No. Uh, after after the Nexus, yeah, you know WWE was supposed to. Uh, they filmed the Nexus documentary. So Did they? It's in their vault. Yeah, they, it's in their vault. It just says huh. never been released. Wow. Yeah, they actually have a, a, a documentary. I have, I have to watch it. Um, super fans of that. Um, hmm. That they finally just released. Now, if you guys, I need to watch that one too. I heard it was really good. Yeah, I heard it too. was really good. And if people don't remember super fan of that, it's the guy. Back in the day, there was one guy that was at all the shows, kind of like a muscular guy that used to have glasses. That's him. Yep. So they finally got around to releasing this on Peacock. I'm I'm gonna watch it. Um, yeah, I need to watch that it's too. On my, it's on my bucket list. It's a, it's bro real quick. So, so I'm I'm watching last time watching uh, Star Wars: New Hope, mm-hmm. and the wife tells me she says, you know, you need to watch a movie called The Last Starfighter. So what the mm. fuck is that? So I go and look at the trailer. I'm like, this is a Star Wars Back <laughs> to the Future ripoff. And I love it. <laughs> I got I got so I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on the bucket list. So I got I got the Vlad <laughs> documentary, The Last Starfighter, and eventually, you know, after I have a couple of cocktails, I'll watch solo. I'm telling you, man, solo's not that bad of a movie. I whatever. It. whatever. <laughs> it's an underrated movie. Whatever. <laughs> All right, man, get back to it. Number eight. I struggled with putting this one on here uh, primarily because I'm not sure if this was a bad one or a good one, but it made the list. And that's ending the Undertaker streak at WrestleMania 30. Whoa, bro. My God, you just brought back some memories on that one. Boy, boy, boy. I struggled with this one because I was like, is it really is it really a bad idea? Yes. <laughs> yes, it was a bad idea. That right there, let me let me tell you. So <laughs> when to, to me, right, when you thought when you thought of WrestleMania up until that point, it was the Undertaker's streak. Who's yep. Taker gonna wrestle? 
It made and, him the attraction at WrestleMania. And it made him the attraction, really and it made WrestleMania the attraction. You like you had it's must see. Like you, if you don't see anything on that damn show, you got got to see Taker rest, and yep. who he's wrestling. And, yep. and if the streak is going to come to an end, so I mind you, bro, me and the wife were watching this shit, we're watching the match, and I remember it like it was yesterday. I had a cup of coffee. <laughs> and I'm watching it, and 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 Brock Lesnar hits Taker with that F5, and one, two, three. I damn near choked on the coffee. <laughs> I was like, "What the hell?" I so think everybody was the black yes. dude with the white shirt on. I think, yeah. in that moment, that was legitimate, bro. Like that yeah. was. Like, like, everybody yeah. was like, "What?" Yes. What? Yes. <laughs> And we all just looking, and and it's like, what the? That's what that's what it was. What I didn't want to watch it after. I didn't want to watch it after. I was like, no, the pay per view was done. Yeah, it was I'm done. done. <laughs> I know. I know they still had Daniel Bryan and all that coming up. Oh, it was done. Own. The oh, air, the energy, the soul got sucked out of everybody. People, if said, you watched bro, it on like television, it, yeah, if you watched the pay per view, you were done. If you were yes. there live, I know you were done. Yes. Your soul was crushed, bro. Oh, oh, it took oh, I'm telling you, man. We were watching this and we were like, what the f- did they just do? <laughs> like, are you serious? The the streak is over? Yep. Like, shit. All you could hear in the entire building, bro. <laughs> in the entire building is Paul Heyman saying, You did it. You did it, right? You did it, Brock. You did it. And oh my it god. Crystal clear. Crystal clear when they put the numbers up there. I'm yep. like, oh my god! <laughs> like, I, I know it's it's sports entertainment. I get it, but I was like, oh my my oh, it's just my heart sank. Like when I saw the numbers up there, like I I am like I could. It's like it's like where where were you when Hogan turned right? Yep. Where were you when the Undertaker streak came to an end at WrestleMania? I'm like, my God, what the <laughs> hell did y'all just? Why do? would you yes. do something like uh, that? Yeah, yeah, and and, and so to me, that should have been saved for a, a Roman Reigns or a Bray Wyatt. I would have said Bray Wyatt. It yeah. would have been perfect to pra- to pass Bray the torch at WrestleMania by letting that be his first loss. Yeah, he took the to me. Out. Yeah, next year he would wrestle wrestle Taker. Right. And one one of my matches on the list comes from that very show. Hmm. Really? Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. I'm curious as to what that is. Very curious as to what that is. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, but listen, we'll we'll we can talk about it right quick. We'll just we'll we'll, we'll for the focus of time, we'll we'll continue on your list because you have a pretty good list. I'll just put right. this as the honorable mention. All right. Uh, Triple H versus Sting. Oh, that's on my list. Oh, it is. <laughs> that's okay. next on my list. <laughs> oh, is that right? Okay. Well, shit. There you go. That's that's number seven. <laughs> okay. There you go then. <laughs> Number seven, Triple H versus Sting. Boy, boy, boy. My gosh. What, it what, was, what a time. 
Listen, for all intents and purposes, Sting finally going to the WWE was something I, I, I lost hope on, and then it happened. Yeah. I really lost hope in the fact that he was actually going to go to WWE, and then it right. happened. And then my brain immediately went to, please, God, let Sting and Taker be a WrestleMania match. But we did not get that. Right. That was, that's bad decision number one. The fact that we didn't get that because that was the window. Both men were still there. Both men are active. Let's make this match. It's probably going to be the best WrestleMania match ever. Right. We didn't get that. We got Sting versus Triple H, which I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. I guess if that's what we're going to do, I guess. And then the match happens. And then the one thing that we talked about this before, too. The one thing that had me scratching my head is why on God's green earth would the NWO come out to help Uh. Sting? Yeah, bro, like that for this day <laughs> is his head scratcher. Why? 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 Why would they? Now this. Now let me tell you something. What I would have done. I'll, I'll, I'll let me hear what you have to say about this. Okay. So if you go back and try to fix that finish of that match, mm-hmm. how would you fix it? very simple dx would not have been involved in this no you can't what i would have done is yes hall and nash come out there as the nwo maybe or just mm-hmm. as the outsiders right they come out there but they ain't coming out there to help sing they come out there to help their boy triple h because it's the click it's the click yep that's what you do you and have them out there with Sean. Somebody does come out to help Sting, but it's not Hollywood Hogan. It's Hulk Hogan. The, immor- the immortal Hulk Hogan. Yep. Red and Yellow Hogan comes out there and helps them. But they can't do anything. Because what happens is, is that, yes, Hogan comes out there. Yo, we take out Hall. You take out Nash. You got, you're helping Sting, right? You, have, you forgot two other guys. Another two other click members. Here comes the kid. You take yep. out the kid. You forgot Shawn Michaels. Where's HBK? HBK comes in. Booyah. HBK knows, knows uh, staying with the super kick. Yep. One, two. Two counts. Two counts. Sting fires back on Triple H. Triple H goes down. Sting hits the Scorpion Death Drop. Sting hits the Scorpion Death Lock. Triple H taps. One, two, three. That's how you end the match. Yep. That's how you do it. You have the click interfere, not DX, the click interfere. Hulk Hogan, the lone savior for Sting. Mind you, Hogan comes out there as the Red and Yellow Hulkamania, as the Red and Yellow Hogan, possibly wearing, if they could have, if they had any, Hogan comes out there wearing a, a WCW shirt or WCW Monday Nitro t shirt, something like that. Yep. That shows his allegiance to scene. The outsiders come out there. They either wear just regular street clothes or they're wearing either the click the T-shirt with the click, you know, the, the two sweet, or they're wearing shirts that say outsiders. 
That's how you. That's how you do it. Yep. That's how I would have done it. But what they gave us was trash. They 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 gave us trash. They tried to insinuate that this was a Monday Night War. It it, it just it, it made no sense. It was an overbooked, colossal pile of shit, and it did not <laughs> give Singh his just due, in my opinion. And I and I liked Singh in the WWE. I, I I liked it, but I thought it was too late. I thought that if he had came over sooner, when he was in TNA, it would have worked out better. Yep. But we it is what it is. And Sting has had a a, a marvelous career. As, since that in AEW, and we're coming up on Sting's last match, so that's yeah, that's a, that's a head scratcher. That that right there, other than Triple H saying, "Okay, I, I beat the last remnant from WCW," that did nothing. Yeah, because because later on, because Triple H came out later on with Stephanie, and they did the segment with Ronda Rousey and The Rock and The Rock. Yeah, and it's like, okay, dude, it would have made a much better deal if you had a lost the match earlier in the night to Sting. If you want to put him over. Yep. And you can't tell me that that didn't bother Sting. Even Scott Hall said this. Damn, who's your agent to Sting? Like, because <laughs> they they thought it was stupid. They're like, why why the hell were you? Who agreed to this? Horrible. Horrible and they, and they, shit, and they came up with it. They were like, yeah, we're going to have you guys come out there. It was like, yeah, we, we, got, we got some NWO shirts for you guys to wear. And you're going to come out there like, what? Horrible yeah. shit. Horrible, Horrible shit. The black and white NWO would never help Sting. That's the whole thing. Like ever would never help Sting. They they were the reason Sting turned into the Grove in the first fucking place. It made no sense. Yep. Would have been a different story if the Wolfpack music would have hit. That'd have been a different story. Sting Sting was a part of the Wolfpack. Yeah, the Wolfpack. Yep. But that would only be Kevin Nash. <laughs> because not Scott Hall. Not Scott Hall. Not Hogan. Yep. Because they yep. weren't in the faction at the time. But that's just me being the person I am that knows everything and has a stickler to detail and say, that's not right. But that no, logo is not right. Yeah. It, that's it, just me. That was a glaring mistake. <laughs> that was a glaring one. And it, it was just like, uh, yeah. Why would you do that? Now, number six is in the same breath. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Triple H successfully retaining the world title. Oh, God. It must be against Booker T. <laughs> against Booker T. Yep. I Terrible. I don't know what to say, bro. If, if you got a guy out there cutting a promo and it had racial undertones to it, whatever they want to say or not, dude, it did. Yep. And, it, uh, and coming out there saying, you know, people like you don't, you know, deserve to be royal champ. People like you entertain me. So entertain me. You know what I'm saying? You come yep. out here with your nappy hair, and yeah, yeah. Okay, can't you can't tell me that wasn't race? But then everybody running trying to say, "Well, I wasn't talking about Booker T's race. I was talking about Booker T. Like you, you, people like you don't become world champion because he was from WCW." Bullshit. Mm-mm, nah, bro. Bullshit. Nah. Now, being that this was like right around that time that they started bringing in these guys, like I could see how you try to correlate that. But still, bro. No, you can't. <laughs> you, can't. you can't. Because you can't. here's the reason why you can't. WCW went out in March of 2001. Booker T debuted in Mar- uh, June of 2001 at the King of the Ring. Right. Booker had already been there during the invasion. Booker T came to the WWF as both the WCW 
and United States Heavyweight Champion. Yep. So that right there makes no sense. No sense. No sense, sense at all. Make no sense. Mind you, this was 2003 when his program started between these guys. Yep. Booker had already been there. Yep. Had already been world champion. Came from the company, was handpicked basically because he took the deal to be the world champion representing the WCW invasion. So right there, that makes no sense. Because if if, if Nash, if, if, if Triple H says that about him, then he would have to say that about Kevin Nash. Yep. Because Nash was also WCW. You have said about anybody that came in there, including Goldberg, who was also WCW. Triple H just never lost to a WCW guy. That's just what it was. Yep. If you look back at his record, he never lost to anybody from WCW. He, he, they always lost to him. That is true. That so is just you, true. So, so when you put it into perspective Even here, thing. Even thing. When you put it into perspective here of that match at WrestleMania 19 between Booker and Triple H, the wrong guy won. Yep. Period. The wrong Period. guy won over. And that's, it should have been Booker's night. Yep. That's just what it is. And Point I don't care. Period. Yeah. And Booker T defends it and says, you know, whatever, whoop de whoop and all that. And I, okay, that's fine. You can defend it. But as a as a as a fan watching it, that was the wrong move. It was a wrong move. Absolutely. It was a wrong, was a wrong move. move. Horrible move. And it's yep. like, no. Yep. I agree. All right, number five. We're getting into the top five. Worst booking decisions. And I almost didn't put this one because I didn't think it was a booking decision. But in the grand scheme of things, this is absolutely a booking decision (laughs) because it was said live on the air and it was instructed to. Tony Schiavone on live television lets the audience know that Mick Foley (laughs) has won the WWF championship. And he goes, ah. That'll put some butts in seats. Yeah. And is responsible (laughs) for the ending of 83 weeks of dominance. No, the ending of 83 weeks of dominance actually stopped way before that. Well, yeah, that's true. But it was kind of... The ending of 83 weeks actually was a Yeah, you're right. You're right. uh, So when it went straight for WWF, well, real quick, history lesson, people. The win streak for WCW came to an end the night that Mr. McMahon versus Stone Cold Steve Austin on Raw. Mm, That's yeah, the night that right. the 83 right. weeks streak came to an end. But I will say this. This is when really the momentum really shifted over to the WWF. You are right. Here. January yeah. 4th, 1999. WWF, Monday Night Raw which is taped versus a live edition of WCW Monday Nitro from Atlanta, Georgia at the Georgia Dome. Yep. WCW touted the main event, two main events. The first one was, was scheduled to be Kevin Nash versus Bill Goldberg, Starcade rematch. Yep. They did a stupid angle with Goldberg in the beginning with Miss Elizabeth. Hollywood Hogan comes back. Hogan comes out there and basically accepts the challenge that Kevin Nash laid out earlier in the night. And it says tonight it's going to be Hollywood Hogan versus uh, Kevin Nash for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, a real world title match right here on Nitro. These are not taped matches. Nope. All this. Oh, by the way, if uh, you have your remote control in hand and you want to turn over to the competition, we want to let you know that later on tonight, Mick Foley, who wrestled here as Cactus Jack, is going to win their world title. Wow. 
That'll put a lot of butts in the seats. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. That's what he said. <laughs> and that was directed to him by Eric Bischoff. Because Eric Bischoff had been giving away the results of, yep. of WWF. That was his tactic. That was his 95. tactic. That yep. was his tactic. He hadn't done it in a while. They decided to put it on this night. Because they had been pretty much WWF had been their ass kicked for the last few months in the ratings. But WWF was really up there. Storyline, storytelling, storylines, Vince Russo was knocking it out of the park at the WWF. They were kicking yeah, their ass. Yeah. So yeah. when it comes down to it, they did this. And I tell you, brother, as a fan watching this, I'm listening to this. I'm not a smart fan yet, but I'm listening to this. And when I hear this, I turned. I well, I didn't have the capability yet because we got the West Coast feeder raw. So, we, oh, okay. You know, so, but what it comes down to is. You look at the main events that night with Kevin Nash and Hogan, which turned into the Finger Book of Doom. You look at what happened there, and then you look at what <laughs> happened at Raw. What are y'all doing? You 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 milk us in for for three hours. You milk us in for three hours to pull off this, and you look at the crowd. And that's one thing I do when I go back and watch all this archive footage now on the network. I look at the crowd reactions. The crowd is looking like what? What the hell is going Pissed on? Man? Beyond belief. There's one guy in the front row. He's got a. I think he's got a black and white face. He's like NWO Hollywood guy. And he's like, he's the only one. <laughs> you got other people that's getting up like this. They can't believe it. And the NWO is having a good old time, and nobody knows what the hell is going on. Meanwhile, you look at the WWF show. You got the corporation out there, and, and DX is out there, and then the biggest pop on both shows. Yep. Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out there. Yep. Grabs a steel chair, hits the rock. Mick Foley hits the, the one, two, three, and you see Vince over there fuming. He's up there. Yep. That's storytelling, bro. That's what got Mr. you Foley's in. This baby boy. That's what got you in. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So. Yep. Terrible. Yeah. Move. Terrible. Terrible move. <laughs> terrible move. Terrible booking decision. Was yep. not the end. It was not the end yet for WCW. Nope. Because even though this happened, it was still intriguing of what was this new NWO going to be. Why did they come back together? But damn. It yep. just kept the momentum going for the WWF. And there's a YouTube channel right now that I follow. And, I, and, and I'm very supportive. It's uh, Wrestling Bios. Yep. And... We there's a show he does called Reliving the War. We're following this right now as it's happening. We're right now and we're going into we just got off of uh we're in February ninety nine. So the WWF is building towards WrestleMania fifteen. Yeah. Rock and awesome. WCW is building towards another Ric Flair versus Hollywood Hogan match. This time it's gonna be in a steel cage. Uh yeah. Yep. So yes, bro. You talk <laughs> about fumbled. 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 And I believe they, I, I think that, bring me for I think WWE won the ratings that night. They won. They but did. WWF was right on their it, ass. Yeah. It, it started, it started the tide turning. Yeah, they already, but, but the tide had already turned though. Because like I said, WCW had been beating them. Here's the thing. 
WCW, I think after the 83 weeks win streak or some, somewhere along, along the lines of when the last time they beat Raw, they never got, they never beat him again. Right, exactly. That's, that's it. Now exactly. I have to do my research on what number that was or what week and what show that was. They never beat him ever again. Yep. And that's how, how serious it was. And yep. it was a lot of, a lot of decisions. Basically, I think Eric was making at the time that led into this was because Eric was getting basically bullied by Warner, by Time Warner. And what yep. and how to produce WWE television? So there's a lot yep. of shit going on there, but yeah, big bad booking decision right there. Horrible, terrible, worse than the 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 white substance angle at NWA. Uh, <laughs> what do you call it, Samian or Sawin? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, number four. Actually, that was number four, right? No, that was number five. five number brother. four. Number four is in the same show, the finger poke of doom. <laughs> the finger poke of doom. And you laid it out perfectly. <laughs> you laid you laid that out perfectly. Yeah, you picked it. Uh listen. <laughs> you want to hear my thoughts on this? I said at the beginning of the show because it was number 10. That goes all into all this. Once again. Did not kill WCW, but it didn't help him either. It didn't help it. It didn't help at all. It, it, it's basically it was a, a a rehash of the NWO angle. Yep. Except this time you're you're turning people heel. So Lex Luger, who needed a heel turn, in my opinion, because he yep. had nothing, turned heel. Uh, all the rest of these guys, they they were the, the elite. setup was perfect. The setup was perfect. The execution, not so much. Right. The setup was absolutely perfect. I was right. like, oh, shit. Because what it would have done, what should have happened was either, like I said before, you bring these two groups together, the the shirt is red and black and black and white. You treat the two as equals. You don't nope. bury the black and white in WO. Nope. nope. That that's was the original. What, that's the original. You don't bury yeah. that. Okay? It doesn't matter how the Wolfpack, you know, whatever. The black and white is the original. When you think of the NWO and you think of the badass NWO, you think of the black and white. That's yep. what it comes down to. Yep. Well, I'm sorry. Well, but WWF brought the NWO back in 2002. I don't remember hearing anything about them saying, well, you know, we're going to bring the Wolfpack back. No, wow. they brought the black and white. Yeah, because the Wolfpack, for, for as awesome as I thought that the Wolfpack was, yeah. it was more of a comedic form of the NWO. It was, They weren't as serious. I don't know if it was necessarily comedic. Not comedic, but like let's we're here for we're here we're here for like it's like a rock 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 star type shit. It wasn't it wasn't violence oriented. Not like not like black and white was. You know, I'll put it in, I'll put it like this in perspective. This is this is what I'll say, and I think I think you'll agree with me on this. So you think about the black and white and the wolf pack, right? I look at the black and white, the black and white is, is death row records. The wolf pack is bad boy. That's that's why I look at this. Yeah, because I get I can see that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They were yeah. they the black and white was more let they they bought that action. Right. Hollywood <laughs> the, Hogan was the, basically Chuck Knight in this right, situation. Right. And he was the baddest motherfucker. Right. He pulled all the strings in the black and white. Now Correct. what they could have done in the Finger Book of Doom was they could have said, Okay, we're done with the wolf pack. We're all gonna go back to the black and white. And it would have made Lex Luger would have been a black and white NWO, which never happened before, which would have made it more sense. Because what you did was you took a whole faction 
that had been babyface, and you turned it heel. Problem with that was is that people still loved the Wolfpack, and then you turned the black and white guys, and you made that the B team. Like, oh, the black and white ain't shit. Right. So basically, once again, you're devaluing your 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 logos and and all that because right. now it's a joke. Right. And the black and white NWO is a joke now. The most sinister group ever created in the business is a joke now. Yep. So that's so execution's horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Really bad. Bad that it made my top five. Yeah. Uh, top three. So I'm gonna start at number three and. Number three also led us to the best booking decision. One of the best booking decisions ever in the business. That's the Montreal screw job. Because historically, historically, this one incident did so much to the business. <laughs> it did. It led to so much. And for what it gave us, so it gave us a heel character in Vince McMahon, one of the greatest heel characters ever created, yep. which is why I say it's also one of the best booking decisions ever. Right. The opposite end of that spectrum is that Bret Hart, I don't think, I I think that one incident I don't think he was ever the same after that. Nope. He wasn't. He was not. And, and a lot of it comes down to um, legitimate betrayal. Right. What it comes down to. Um, and, and I don't I don't know how anybody honestly could justify what happened to Bret Hart when Bret Hart had 30 days of reasonable creative control. Right. Of the outcome of the matches. I don't see how anybody can sit up there and, and point the finger and say, well, Bret Hart was a problem when everybody has gone on record saying that Shawn Michaels was, was the issue. He was a problem. And Bret signed a 20-year contract with the WWF, and Vince McMahon came to him and said, well, we can't afford to pay this contract. Go you know, open up your talks with WCW. I'll help you get over there or whatever. You hear all these stories. You say, well, you know, Vince didn't really want Bret to leave whatever. Okay, well, if he didn't want to leave, then he would have stayed. But at the same time, I will say this. Looking at Bret the Hitman Hart as a character, as a performer, all of that. The direction that the WWF were going to go into, Bret Hart would not have fit in that direction. He wouldn't have fit, yeah. No. Bret, he wouldn't Bret, have fit. Would have, Bret probably would have been miserable there with the direction that they were going into. I think Bret would have came around. Had, had the events continued the way they did with Shawn Michaels, and Shawn Michaels was going to be on the shelf for years. Right. Then Bret, I think Bret would have been fine. I think Bret would have been cool. And he would have probably had some good matches with Stone Cold. Um, he had great matches with yeah, Stone absolutely. Cold. Absolutely. He would have had some real, real good matches right. with Stone Cold. I think Mr. McMahon probably still would have been created out of the Austin McMahon feud. Bret Hart and Austin, or Bret Hart and McMahon working together to stop Stone Cold's he lost? Would have been a great story. Would have been a great story. The yep. corporation comes up, Bret Hart possibly, Bret Hart having a, a, an allegiance with Stone Cold against the corporation. Bret Hart wrestling, The Rock, Bret Hart, Triple H doing a feud. A lot of different things that could happen. You could have went a lot of different directions. Different directions. Yep. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. And yep. and Bret goes to WCW and has basically like a, a, a lukewarm um, run there 
Yeah. I mean, Brett did. Brett did some good stuff there. Brett Hart. He, he, he had some great matches at WCW. It wasn't all bad. It's just they gave him the, the ball too late. Right. It. It wasn't. And not saying his his run was terrible, but it wasn't. It wasn't the Bret Hart we knew. It just wasn't. They didn't know what to do with Bret. Right. Bret should have came in there. Bret Hart's first match was against Ric Flair, but Bret. Should have came in there. His first match should have been against Hogan. It should have been. That should have been the first match on his on the on the card. You would established him as a very high key player. Yep. Yeah. And it's one of those turns with Brett. Once again, like I, I gotta I gotta call it out. April nineteen ninety eight, WWE Nitro, the day after Spring Stampede, Brett turns heel, helps Hogan. No different than Jimmy Uso with his brother. Now mm-hmm. Jimmy's turning heel. Didn't make any sense for me with Bret Hart. Why is yep. Bret Hart all of a sudden now helping Hogan? Why is Bret Hart all of a sudden now he's signing with the NWO, but when he came here, he wanted to destroy him? Right. Didn't right. Make Didn't make any damn sense. Yep. So, whatever. Yep. That was number three. Top three. Number two <laughs> is one is one that I almost had number one. But I have it number two because number one for me absolutely wrecked my like for something that they have. But number two, the sporting event that we didn't know we didn't need ever, and it should never happen again, Brawl for All. (laughs) (laughs) So much bad shit came out of that. So much bad shit. But the one good thing that came out of that was uh, Bart Gunn. He actually was knocking people out. And then they said, well, let's throw him in there with a real boxer. And that that was that was the bad one. That was the bad one. Well, First of all, you put him in there with Butterbean, which on, on paper... Okay, if he's knocking people out and he's he's doing all this damage, which the whole thing led to concussions and people getting legitimately knocked out on on live television, you never want that look for wrestling. You never you never want that look. And it probably killed a couple people's credibility. Cuz seeing how they fight, right? But you go through that and you throw him in there with an actual boxer. And it's like, okay, well, you made this guy, you made this guy a star with this tournament. It wasn't that great, but then you put him in there with a real box, he gets knocked out. Why the fuck do we have this tournament in the first place? All right, so we're gonna go into a history lesson once again, real quick. So the entire concept and the reason why the brawl for all was created to begin with was because people were sick and tired of JBL. And his bullying antics behind the scenes. Is that why that was created? Yes. Vince Russo. <laughs> Vince Russo legitimately wanted to see Bradshaw get his ass whooped. So why do we do well, this? Well, we have to get Russo on the show, man. Yeah, this shit know, is great. He, he created the brawl for all. <laughs> and it was all intention, all intents and purposes to get at JBL. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. So that's why it was created. Now, when you talk about, did it do anything for anybody? No, it didn't. No. Did it do anything for Bart Gun? No, it didn't. No. 
And I'm going to tell you why I didn't. Bart Gunn was not supposed to win that tournament. No, no, Dr. he wasn't. Dr. Steve Williams was the favorite to win that tournament. He Dr. knocked him out. Williams, I'm getting to it. Dr. Def Steve Williams came over and was supposedly going to have a big push. Because remember, this was this is one of JR's guys. Oh, I remember the story, yeah. yeah. So he was supposed to get a big push. When he got knocked out by Bart Gunn, and nobody knew that Bart Gunn could do that, he got that hands, killed bro. the push. Yep. It wasn't, you know, congratulations and adulation when Bart Gunn got backstage. It was like, yeah, we're going to chop this motherfucker down because <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> that wasn't supposed to go down. So you remember when he won, right? Yeah. He was off TV for a minute. They didn't yeah, he was. Fast forward to WrestleMania. Well, we want to teach Bart Gunn a lesson. Oh, so you miss a badass, huh? You're, you're, you're a badass? Hey, we got an idea for you for WrestleMania. We're going to let you uh, let you fight uh, Butterbean. This will be good. And Butterbean and Jimmy went there and knocked his ass out. He knocked him the fuck out, bro. And that was it. So when you say, well, it did for... No, it did not do anything for Bart Gunn. That led to nothing. <laughs> That led to Bart Gunn basically getting out of the company. And mind you, let's look at Bart Gunn's role, his, his, his run in the WWF right quick. Started off with Billy Gunn. They were smoking guns. Multiple time World Tag Team Champions. Solid yeah. tag team. I like the smoking Solid. Solid. Solid tag team. Yep. Then it was uh, Bodacious Bart with, 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 uh, with uh, Bob Holly. They were uh, Bodacious. Uh, what was it? Bombastic Bart, Bodacious. Some shit they did. It was, but it was basically the mid, the new Midnight Express with Jamie Cornette. That's what they were. Then he all of a sudden, they, these two guys have to fight each other in, in the brawl for all. And that killed the tag team and all of that. It did nothing for nobody. The only person that was in the brawl for all that, that did anything after this, that actually had solid careers in that tournament. Bradshaw. Bradshaw. The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Hardcore Holly. They all went on to do shit. I forgot he was even in that shit. Yes. I think, yeah. Bombastic Bart Bodacious Bob. The new Midnight Express. <laughs> that's what they were. Yeah, that's what it was. Yep. Yeah. So they went on to have, you know, decent careers. Not so much for Bart Gunn. Because they had nothing for him because he wasn't supposed to win. So it did nothing for anybody. It was It was petty. For his creation, it was ruthless for his creation, and I love it. <laughs> just the concept of why Russo came up with that. Just the concept, just is that is the that is the that is the petty shit. Fantastic, ever. <laughs> and, and, and I'm and I'm a Russo guy, so of course I'm that to that is fucking petty. Yeah, I love it though. Oh hell yeah, still. It was great. <laughs> Still, the story now because they have a whole um, a whole dark side of the ring episode about the. Ball. They do, they do. People go out there and watch it because you look at it the perspective of Vince Russo, and then you look at the perspective of my man Jim Cornette. Ah, excellent. I gotta look. You know what? Matter of fact, uh, Cornette on his podcast. I gotta watch it later. He talks about the NWA incident. Oh yeah, yeah, I gotta go watch that. Yeah. 
I know he went in. I, I don't know, know yet. He went in. I don't know yet. <laughs> I gotta watch it. Oh, I know it's good. I gotta go watch it. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me get to my number one. My number one. <laughs> my number one almost took me out, bro. Like yeah. for real. Um keep in mind, it's rare when you see your hero make a turn and reinvent himself. Oh, Jesus. I think I know what this is. <laughs> For as long as this went on and as entertaining as this was, yeah, the finish, the buildup didn't match. It didn't match at all. It was terrible. It was terrible. Can I guess what it is? And then if I'm wrong, you just say what it is. Go ahead. Is it Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock? WrestleMania 17? No. No. Okay. It's Starcade 97. Oh, my God. (laughs) They were both shit fucking finishes. Oh, my. Yeah, they were. They were. But that one, Starcade 97 had a worse finish. Oh, my God. Bro, you built this shit for a year. A legitimate year to where I don't think, and I think this is where my the, my the love of Sting comes from this period for me that just lasted because yeah. you've seen the way he invented himself. Like he went from Surfer Sting to to the Crow Sting, and like that evolution was phenomenal. Yeah, like, it was slow. It was. It was like dark and just seeing where he went to like the man didn't talk for a fucking year, bro. Yeah. And I loved it. Like you didn't hear nothing from him for a year and they kept going at this man and at this man, they brought people in Uh, the shit with him and macho man, like, when he came, when he came to the ring and threw Macho Man the bat, and like didn't say shit, just turned around, and was and Macho Man was sitting in the ring, and he wouldn't move. He beat the shit out of the people that came out, and then Sting walks out. Like that shit was phenomenal, bro. All the way up to, you know it's coming. You know it's coming. Sting, Hollywood, Hulk Hogan. And yes, we are getting this match at Starcade. The finish. <laughs> Vince McMahon says all they will remember is the finish. And it was it was bad. First and foremost, I'm pretty sure Hogan actually won that match. If I'm not mistaken, oh, I'm no, I I know for a fact he did. He, he won that match. <laughs> when, when, when Nick Patrick counted one, two, three. Yep, he actually uh, won. That he match. won that match. <laughs> now I don't give a damn if Bret Hart comes out there and he and he stops the referee from you know the the uh, timekeeper from ringing the bell. He won that match. He won that match. And they say it was a fast count. It was a fast count. You can't. You couldn't put a Band-Aid on it, man. You couldn't put a Band-Aid on it. All the build-up. 
All that build up. All that build up, all that time. And then you hear the stories from, from Eric Bischoff on his podcast about why that happened the way it did and how Sting mentally wasn't ready. And Sting has some issues. Sting's documented he has some issues. Going up right, time. right. But they, they they said they come in there. You remember this was Starcade, you know, Starcade uh, 97. It's the end of the year. It's Washington, D.C., the MCI Center. And they built this back this matchup. Everything you just mentioned, the storyline started with saying back all the way in September of 1996. Yep. We make our way all the way to December 97. It had been a, a, a cold build up until this point. They finally do the contract signing in Las Vegas at a press conference at the uh, MGM Grand. Uh, people don't haven't seen the video of the press conference. It's on YouTube. Type it in. It's, it's it was cool. great. Yeah, it was great. The, the buildup was great. Execution, not so much. Um, Sting, basically, in my opinion, and I'll stick to it to this day, Sting lost that match. Yeah, Hulk, no, Hollywood I, Hogan I'm won with that you match. Hollywood Hogan won that match. That. The restart, the the first finish of, of, of the match, first of all, you got to look at the match in its entirety of, of what was going on there. The match was dominated the entire time by Hogan. Hogan dominated that match. Yep. Sting barely got in any kind of offense. It was all Hogan. Then the finish happens. And Hogan hits him with the leg drop. Nick Patrick gets down. One, two, three. There was no fucking fast count. Look at Nick Patrick's counts through the years through his matches. All he the same. The, he did the, it he was did a the rhythm. count on, on, on point what he normally does. Yeah, it was a rhythm. Was it supposed to be a fast count? Maybe. Did someone tell Nick Patrick not to do the fast count? I don't know. Did someone come in there and say, that doesn't work for me, brother, because he doesn't have a good tan. And like, the guy hadn't been to the gym. All these different factors is, is basically took Hogan's excitement from here to here. Yep. Because he's looking at – Hogan is essentially about to do what he did for Warrior in this in this match. Is what he's doing, mm-hmm. and then he take, and then they come in there and they take a look at the guy, and like, brother, he ain't, he ain't with it. He's not with it. He's like, something's wrong here. He's like, we're about to give you the biggest opportunity of your career, about to hand it to you, and you, you're not there. You're mentally not there. He said, seeing it, it said it didn't look like seeing it worked out in a while. Had been to the gym, religiously had been going to the gym. It didn't look like. Uh, he had he had tanned all this shit, dude. This all played a factor into this decision. That's why they had to change the finish up. People people got to look at something. People can say what they want to about Hogan. Hogan knows what he's doing at the end of the day. And he felt at this point, Sting wasn't ready. All the shit they had been talking about, all the plans that they had built throughout the year, this guy ain't ready. Right. Are, are are we doing the right thing here? He ain't he ain't ready. So they had to have an out is what they had to have. Yep. And it, it yeah, it's a bad booking decision. It definitely is. But it's a bad booking decision in my opinion because the guy wasn't ready. Right. And like I said, Sting has talked about it. You know, that's that's why he found religion. He you know, he was born again in, in August ninety eight. You know. Sting had some had some issues. He was dealing with pre- prescription drug issues and all that type of shit that he was doing. A lot of drinking he was doing. Yep. 
family life was being torn apart. He had a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, okay? he had a lot on his plate. He had a lot on his plate. So last thing he cared about, in my opinion, was was wrestling. So he shows up, and, and they look at the guy, and, and like I said, Hogan, for all intents and purposes, Hogan was motivated to go out there and do it. It just didn't happen that way. Yep. And one of these days, you know, we, we did this previously on No Gimmicks, where we looked at that match, but we're going to do it again. But we're going to look at the the, the, um, the match in its entirety one of these days. We're going to look at the WWE Network version of this match, where we get really good quality, and we can actually watch this. And that's going to be our Patreon exclusive right there. We're going to do a watch along one day, and it's going to be Starcade 97, specifically that match right there. Hollywood Hulk versus Sting. That's, that's the one to look at right there. Yep. But I All say... Right, that was a pretty good top ten list that we went into. We dive delve into, and, and we can. There's lots more out there, people. We didn't get a chance to get to my top ten. We went to Black's top ten. That that was good. So I appreciate it, man. So next week, what we'll do on No Gimmicks Podcast is we'll look at the top ten best booking decisions. Let's do it. Minutes. Let's do it, man. Yes. Let's let's do it. Absolutely. I appreciate that, man. But uh, final thoughts. What you got? You didn't have Song Code and The Rock on there. I didn't, and that was on my list. I I didn't put that one on there. Right. I there was a lot that I had in my brain. Yeah. Like I wanted to put on there. Like one of my honorable mentions was David Arquette winning the 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 title. Yeah. <laughs> but but that was that was one of them. But there was a lot I could have put on here. But some of this shit, if not all of it, well, it's besides brawl for all. A lot of this shit changed the industry. Yeah. So that's why it ended up on there. But yeah. Right. Well, you brought for all changed the industry too because it proves who the phony stuff was. <laughs> so that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's true, man. <laughs> all right, man. Final thoughts, what you got? Uh final thoughts is we do a very, very good podcast. We do. The DFPN as a whole <clears throat> is full of great entertainment with great people doing a damn thing. So we appreciate all the support that we're getting out there and all the love that's being shown. And you can show us more love by going to the Patreon right now and subscribing for just $3. Okay. Like I said before, check us out. Check us out for a month. If it doesn't flow with you, cancel and tell us why. So we can get better. Also, when you're on the platforms, Spotify, Apple, whoever it is, leave us a review of the podcast. Let us know what you liked and what you didn't like, because we're we're only going to improve by your feedback. Absolutely. That's how it goes, man. Like I said before, right here on No Gimmicks, we strive to bring you the best pro wrestling podcast that we can. And that's just the way it is. And as you've gotten here today, you got Black, who came up with his list and you have the chosen one who basically delves into the history in this, of this business and i ain't gonna lie he got me right he got me I right know. yeah so that's what we do and other than that people don't forget to uh embrace the dark side of the force <laughs> <laughs> ah shit embrace the dark side of the force and help control the pet population have your pets spayed and neutered so we don't have any more Jedi running around. <laughs> I like that you put that in there. 
Oh man. But like you said, I'm I'm gonna piggyback off what he said, man. Make sure y'all make sure y'all tapped in. Uh on on Spotify, there do there's a Q and A. Uh if you listen to this episode, leave us some feedback on Spotify, leave us a review on Apple, and uh let us know what you think five of the show. Stars. Five yeah. stars, brother. Yep. Give us, give us you. five. You're not give gonna get what what we bring here on no gimmicks. Whether it be the wrestling, whether it be the Star Wars, brother, whether it be the horror, brother. I mean, look behind me, dude. You're not going to get it anywhere else. Period. Exactly. Bar none. Exactly. As the Star Wars sign lights up in the back. <laughs> for the for the guys that are on Patreon, um, we have something coming on the front uh, that I do want to make you guys aware of. We did a uh, recap of... Uh, Loki season two that left me with an idea for an interchangeable DFPN show. So I will come back to you guys with news on that as well. We're going to have a meeting here soon. And uh, I do want to present that as an opportunity for DFPN as a whole to start coming together and bringing something exclusively to the patrons together. So that was really fun. I I really want to do that again. And uh, I really want, that to be interchangeable it doesn't have to be what we did it could be anything and everybody tapped in on it can share their thoughts on it so you know real quick when it comes down to like if i if i can put a highlight of the year for me doing this you know in, in podcasting right mm-hmm. the highlight for me will always be when i was on the united states department of nerds <laughs> as Darth Vader. Dude, that is a highlight on the network as a whole. That yeah. shit was awesome. Right. <laughs> that yeah. shit that shit was awesome. That like, that's boy. the high that was a highlight. And one day I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> but the next time I do it, oh, it's Vader time. Yeah. That was that was good. That was really good, man. Oh, yeah. And I know they appreciated it. I know there's opportunities for more stuff like that because the more star wars stuff that comes out we'll be able to react and i know the group is actually um really receptive to what you got going on so they'll love to have you and i i want to be on one of these shows too shit right 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 (laughs) (laughs) but that's all i got man you got anything else oh that's it man we appreciate the support out there and thanks for listening Nah, man, for real, for real. So until next time, man, thank you guys for tuning in to the No Gimmicks podcast here on the DFPN. The only No Gimmicks podcast that matters. The one that matters, exactly. So make sure y'all guys come back. Until then, peace and enjoy whatever the fuck you want to enjoy. Peace. And I know it's all fitness, all fitness, all fitness. We give them no gimmicks. Yeah. And I know it's all fitness, all fitness, all fitness. We give them no gimmicks. Yeah. And I know it's all fitness, all fitness, all fitness. We give them no gimmicks, gimmicks.